Are you thinking about starting your own cash practice? Maybe you've already started your own practice and you're starting to realize that there's a lot to learn when it comes to business. We can be great clinicians, but if we don't understand the business side of having our own practice, we're going to have a hard time being successful in business. Guys, I wrote a book for you and I took everything that I've learned over the last five years of running successful cash practice here in Atlanta. And I put it in this book and I gave you everything that you need to be able to start and scale that practice past yourself. That book is called Fuck Insurance. And if you don't like the title, the book is not for you. If you do like the title, it's the exact book that you need to be reading right now. I show you exactly how to start. I show you what's important when it comes to marketing, when it comes to sales, when it comes to operations, and what stage you're actually at in the business. You know, where you're at, what you need to focus on while you're there, and how to get to the next stage. I'm trying to set it up in a way where you can get some clarity in your business. And the book for now is 100% free. All you have to do is go to finsurancebook.com. That's finsurancebook.com and get your free copy of the book that I wrote specifically to help you be successful in business. The book is free. All you got to do is pay for it to get to your door so that I don't lose my shirt on giving everybody all these books and sending them around the world. And again, head to finsurancebook.com. Learn how to run a successful cash practice today. So here's the question. How do physical therapists like us who don't want to see 30 patients a day, who don't want to work home health and have real student loans create a career and life for ourselves that we've always dreamed about? This is the question and this podcast is the answer. My name is Danny Matei and welcome to the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. What's going on guys? Doc Danny here. With the PT Entrepreneur Podcast, and I got Eve Gigi on here with me as well. Um, we're going live in our PT Entrepreneurs Facebook group. Um, so if you uh, are not a member of that group, make sure you go over and join it. You can join 3,200 of your fellow PT entrepreneurs within that group. Um, lots of cool conversations, people sharing, you know, what's working, what's not working, and just connecting with other people in the community. Um, really cool uh, asset. If you haven't uh, joined, go for it. Um, we're going to get into some books today. So Eve and I, uh, we. We read a lot of books. I listen to many more books than I read because I'm an extremely uh, slow reader. Uh, but uh, I still have read some books. And uh, what we wanted to do is go over three of our favorite ones that, uh, you know, really helped us. And, uh, you know, it's funny, like, uh, I had a hard time picking three, actually, um, because there are just a lot of them. And if you don't, uh, if you don't read or like listen to audiobooks or whatever, like you really, um, I think you're missing out on uh, a lot of opportunity to gain, you know, valuable information in a very cost-effective way um, from some really, really smart people, right? Like, I mean, if you could sit down in the room with like the the three people, the books that I'll go over, like if I could sit down in a room with the three people that wrote these books, it'd be amazing, you know. And it's not likely going to happen. One of them's not alive anymore, but. Uh, the other two are, and it would be incredibly expensive, uh, probably, and incredibly unlikely. But I can read what they've synthesized their thoughts into in a really well-packaged up way. So, you know, uh, that's why we want to share them with you. Eve, any thoughts on, like, the importance of books? Yeah, I mean, if you're not taking advantage of it, like, what are you even doing with your life, right? <laughs> There's so much good content out there. I mean, sometimes it is hard to, like, maybe read through uh, what is – good content or valuable at the moment, but right. But the consumption of information, you know, is something that I think is so valuable um, for somebody who wants to, you know, improve themselves. Right. I think it's just like a cornerstone of that. If you're not um, doing some version of that, whether it's audiobook, whether it's podcast, whether it's reading, um, I, I think you're just leaving a lot on the table. Totally. Let's dive into it. So all we're going to do, we're going to go back and forth. We each have three. Um, I'll start with one. I'm just going to kind of show you the book and explain to you why, you know, I think it's valuable for you to, uh, to, to read. And uh, then uh, we'll let Eve go. So my first one is how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. So this is a, uh, this is actually a book that um, I've read 
I think three times now. I've, I also have listened to the, uh, uh, not the audio book, this back in the day before I even wanted to pay for an Audible account, I actually found somebody that like read the whole thing on YouTube and I would have to, I, I couldn't like pause it and then go back the next day. So I'd have to remember like where I stopped um, and then have to restart it while I was uh, driving in, uh, in, in my car. But uh, the, the reason that, a couple of reasons, this book, uh, first of all, I think everybody should read it. Um, I think it should basically, the title should be um, How to Not Be an Asshole is probably like the, the better title in terms of what I got out of it. Um, and this is actually the book that I read while I was going through um, out processing from the army. So uh, out processing is a usually a two week process of where you just go somewhere and you wait in line for a long time to get somebody to give you a signature uh, at all these different like stops at a military base, like the library and get your medical records and the dental office and all that. But there's a lot of people that are in and out processing. So imagine like a really long, boring scavenger hunt is basically what that is. Um, so there's a lot of time to sit there and, uh, and read something. Um, so this is the book that I read. And uh, what, what I like about it is I think it was written in uh, the 1920s or 30s. Um, and the, the nice thing about it is it's applicable to today so much so that it's like so relevant that you wouldn't know that it was written so, so long ago. And uh, it's really about communication. Um, asking questions of other people is kind of like one of the biggest topics is like really just be curious about other people instead of just spewing your, you know, all of your stuff on somebody just, you know, like you'll remember people that, uh, you know, were curious about learning about you. Like, you're like, I like that guy. Why? Well, because he's just kind of interested in me you know, or, and if you can be that person and you can understand that, uh, you know, you asking questions, you being interested and, and, uh, and not faking that, um, is, is really a great way to build a bond with somebody else. And I've, I found that with uh, lots of people that I've worked with and, and, uh, and I've tested this stuff in multiple places too. I actually tested it while I was going through, uh, my, my, uh, out processing, um, uh, couple of weeks with some government employees, which are difficult people to work with in the most, most part. And, uh, it works like a charm, you know? So if you're having trouble with influence, persuasion, selling, and really more than anything, connecting to people, uh, and being able to initiate that bond with somebody, uh, I would highly recommend reading how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, I really like it because it's a framework, right? So like it really gives you some basic principles to kind of live your life, right? Like it's not, I mean, it's got some tactics in it, but it really just tries to get you to understand like how you should go about your everyday life, how you should interact with other people, what kind of perspective um, you should have specifically, you know, as you're just walking through life and trying to, you know, honestly, like very, very literal title, how to um, win friends and influence people. You're good. It's just the, even one chapter. If you're wrong, admit it. That's the title. Like pretty accurate. If you're wrong, just admit it. Right. Like it's simple stuff. Right. But like it's it, the, the stories are in are really good. And uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's an easy read, but I think one that everybody should read. So what's your, uh, what's your first one, Eve? So the one I wanted to start with, and I kind of went back and forth um, was rich dad, poor dad. Right. I feel like yeah, there's one. probably not one kind of entrepreneur or business owner that probably hasn't like, I feel like most of us started with some sort of book um, of his or that specific book, right? And the, the thing that, that, tr that I feel like it did transform the way I viewed money and the way I viewed wealth and the way I felt about like, um, like money working for me, me not working for money, right? Like, I feel like that principle finally came, I kind of read that and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I could make, I could be a doctor, a lawyer, I could make a bunch of money, but I could also just spend a bunch of money. Or I could be somebody who only makes $50,000 a year and I can be really rich because I just use that money in a very, very productive way. And I always like knew that was a thing, but I didn't like, it put it into words and it made it more tangible for me. And I was like, oh man, like it kind of like finally got me to understand like, I have more control over these things than I ever thought I did. Right. And so yeah. my dad, you know, we talked, talked about my story last time was definitely more of the poor dad kind of mindset, right? Like he just, he worked for uh, money. I mean, he, he definitely saved and he's in a good position now, but like it, it's a mindset shift, right? It's like, it's always trying to think about how I can 
create more wealth as opposed to this uh, money being, and you say this all the time, like a finite kind of thing. Like it's definitely infinite, infinite, right? It's, it's, it's out there. There's lots of it. It's just, you, you've got to kind of figure out and change the way you look at it. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's more about understanding how it flows, right? I think that's the thing that is so interesting. And um, I read that book, um, I think I was in, I was either in high school or college when I read that book, actually. Um, and what's funny is like, I resonated with the story of that because he talked about like, you know, his uncle that, you know, was uh, kind of like a financial mentor and his dad was a professor, I believe it was, and had a, like a very different uh, view of uh, how he should live and what kind of job he should take. And, uh, you know, I was a, you know, military family, right? So a lot of that was, um, I mean, it's get, go to school, you know, get a safe job. Government jobs are always the safest jobs. Right. And, and I eventually went down the track of going into, into the, the government, uh, a lot of that because of, uh, because of our parents. But what I had, that was interesting was, um, my godmother is, uh, uh, she owns a business out in Houston. She's a, uh, tech, uh, staffing, um, like headhunter basically company that she has, um, for oil rigs in the Houston area. And, you know, she's somebody that I always, I always thought was just interesting, interesting lady, because, uh, what she would tell me would be very opposite of what my parents would tell me. And she started her, uh, staffing company in her, kitchen uh, by herself. Not only that, but like a female owned business in the oil industry in Texas is not uh, the easiest thing to do. And she grew that to now I think she has like 35 or 40 employees. Um, they're, you know, all over in, in multiple states now. And uh, she's just like, she's a badass, right? And, and like, she basically, the advice that she gave me was very different than, uh, than what my parents did. And she was really big on entrepreneurship, taking a chance on yourself, um, getting education that you could leverage into something else. Like, you know, she, she would also like, you know, if you're going to get like, why would you get a degree in English? Like, what can you do with that? You know, why, why would you not get like real life experience doing something else you can, you can actually leverage. So if you're going to get a, uh, a degree, get something that you can use as a skill that then can springboard into something else. And, uh, so what's, what's, what's also interesting with her is, um, you know, we see each other at family reunions and things like that. It's just cool. She wants to catch up about how my company is doing, you know, and she's somebody that's like a really successful entrepreneur that has way more experience than me that I got a chance to connect with. And, and the, the way that they always viewed money was so much different than, than my parents. And that's what they talk about in this book, right? It's like understanding that money is a tool to be leveraged to gain uh, time freedom, in particular financial freedom, uh, versus money is this thing that allows me to buy shit, which is what most people think. And the more you can start to reframe that, uh, and especially this idea of, you know, when uh, passive income meets or exceeds expenses, it equates to financial freedom, which is a core concept of that book. Um, it's much more complex than that because, uh, most people think that like, Oh, I just need passive revenue. Cool. Like make an ebook. Uh, right. But the, the reality is that's not the case. And normally passive revenue is followed by very active, uh, revenue. So you have to work super hard to gain enough money to then put into assets that generate you essentially less active revenue and or potentially true passive revenue. So the, the, the simplicity of that book, I think is awesome. Uh, one concept I think people can lose uh, sight of with that is just like, oh, I just need passive revenue. What they don't realize is unless you're a trust fund baby, it's not going to come from anything but hyperactive activity that you're going to have to do primarily on yourself, right? And like the idea of entrepreneurship, which he talks a lot about uh, in that book. So yeah, I totally agree. That's a great pick. Yeah, man. Good stuff. All right. What you got next? I've got Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. So, um, man, Jocko Willink's awesome. Like he's, uh, he's one of my favorite uh, authors. His kids' books are amazing. Um, you know, The Way of the Warrior Kid, our kids love those books. He wrote uh, Mikey and the Dragons, you know, it's like a, a very little kid's book about dealing with fear. And the thing with Jocko, so Jocko's a retired Navy SEAL. Uh, you know, he has legitimate like, military leadership combat experience. I worked with a lot of people in the army that remind me of Jocko, like just hard men that were also uh, in, a, in a way like philosophical and uh, they, they, they were interested in uh, self-improvement and leadership and uh, fairness and, you know, working on yourself and doing the right thing. And they're, you know, 
I, I resonate with that quite a bit. I want to be like that. Uh, and what, what he did in this book is he basically took his experience in training in combat um, and applied these stories of lessons learned and how they were applied and then applied them in a business setting as well uh, and how this can be applied within leadership within a company or your own life, which I think is just really, really um, interesting concept that I'm not quite sure if many people had really ever, uh, you know, done that before. Um, and, you know, so with this book, I think the biggest thing that I took away from this and there's one of the kind of the core concepts of uh, what he talks about is just the idea that uh, idea of extreme ownership is that uh, it's always your fault. Everything is your fault. So get used to that. And the more you can start to uh, take ownership in the fact that you could be better at something or you could have done something differently and not to blame other people for things, the faster you're going to make progress in really improving yourself, improving the things you're trying to, to grow your business, your, um, your personal life, you know, your, your, your family improvements there, whatever it is you want to do, like always come back to the conclusion that like, I could have done something better. What is that? Do what we call an after action review. Uh, you know, what, what, it went well, what went, uh, what didn't go well, what do we want to do next time? Uh, and constantly make these small adjustments, these self-improvements to keep your attitude focused on the fact that if something bad happens, this, what good is going to come out of that? What positive thing comes from that? And, and take it with that viewpoint. Uh, and for business owners in particular, early on in their career, they get, they eat shit a lot. Like you're just going to get turned down a lot. Negative things are going to happen. You're not going to get a lot of big wins fast. So having that mindset can keep you on track. You know, I know this is a book that uh, you really enjoyed as well. Yeah. I mean, I, we made it one of our uh, core values at made to move. Right. And so um, I may, I've made everybody uh, who, um, works with us or works for me, right? Part of the team, watch that good video, right? Like we like right. as as onboarded Hannah, man, she was watching the good video, right? It's like, you know, if you guys haven't uh, seen that, you definitely should check it out, right? It's like, no matter what happens, you know, Jocko always says good, like, oh man, everything went poorly, good, right? I get to learn from that, right? It's just like repeatedly saying that um, no matter what the situation to, um, make sure that you are tackling the right things that you're kind of moving forward and dealing with the problem kind of head on, which is, I always thought was always the, even before that, the best path. Like I always thought like, why are we always constantly like shoving things aside? Like it's just going to get worse. So I'd rather, you know, take ownership of this thing right now and figure it out rather than just let it fester. Right. And that was such a big, um, again, a big transition for me to hear like somebody else say that and like put into words and like create a frame framework. I feel like these things, when I, when I read these books, it's like, I'm kind of, uh, you know, melding this now it's like the same thing. It's like, it gives you a sense of control again, just like the, the sense of control over my finances. Right. And this gave me a sense of control over the things that went poorly in my life. Cause I feel like that's where a lot of anxiety and fear comes from. It's like, yeah, something bad happens to me and then I don't know what to do. And then I get fearful. I get more anxiety. I don't know what to do. I lose control. And it's just this negative kind of feedback loop. And just like saying something as simple as like, good, I'm going to learn from this. Just change that feedback loop almost instantaneously. And I was like, that just gives you a lot of control in your life. And, and really, um, you know, to sound corny, gives you that entrepreneurial spirit, right. And entrepreneurial mindset that you can just, move forward from this. And there's no other, like, there's no challenge that, um, you can't tackle when you have that mindset. It's just the, it's just the bottom line. Right. Well, it sounds, it sounds simple. You know, just say one word when something negative happens, right. You know, uh, your knee hurts. Good time to get stronger. So you can jump higher, you know, in basketball, whatever, something like that, you know, your, uh, whatever your, the gym that you're in goes out of business that your office is in, you got to find new space good time to find a better spot, right? Like plenty of things that, that, that we can just reframe. And you, I, you also have to ask yourself this, like, what is the, what is the benefit to you having a little pity party for yourself and just like focusing all this negative stuff. And then just the vicious circle of anxiety and fear that sets in associated with that. Um, what, what, what positive uh, outcome is going to actually come from that? Right. And 
and I'm not saying that I don't get frustrated and I don't feel down about things and I totally do. And just like anybody else, I'm not a robot, but being able to also remember that like you do have a choice in many things, like lots of things will happen and there's nothing you can do about it. But you can always, you can always choose on how you're going to respond. Right. I think that's the biggest thing that, that with, with this book, they, they really touch on is how do you respond? And if you, if you start that, and in particular, if we take this in the business lens, if you start that with yourself and you know, early on, it's just you, you can work as much or as little as you want. You can make any decision that you want. It's like you're in this little tiny rowboat in the middle of the ocean you can go anywhere you want. But if you have that self-discipline that you can build and you can solve problems and you can be agnostic to changes, positive or negative, and be very level-headed, when you bring other people on, they're going to see that. And people that work with you, uh, they will model you, whether you like it or not. Good things, bad things, they will be similar to you They will because it's what they think is right. It's like your kids, they do the same thing. So if we can take the opportunity to improve ourselves, everybody else around us is going to be better off for that. You know, so I think that's a really key concept of the book. The challenging part is, are you willing and open to say that you have flaws, that you are, uh, you know, not good at certain things, that you lack emotional control, maybe that you need to work on some of these things. Uh, that is the only thing that, you know, I think is the hardest part. You can read the book, but do you apply it? Like, do you actually do it in real life? Um, that's where it gets really, really hard. So, you know, that is a constant reminder. Just that one word, I think can really make a big, uh, big difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Go. What's, uh, what do you got next? I think you're up. What's your number two? Oh, right. Um, so, this is the one that I guess you had not heard of. The Traveler. No, I haven't read that. Yeah, The Traveler's Gift. Um, it's one that I gift a lot to people who are just starting, right? Like if somebody's uh, maybe a, um, a coach at a gym and they're thinking about opening their own gym or they're a PT or anybody who's just kind of like an employee and like thinking about going down the road of entrepreneurship. This is a really good, and if they're like, not reading that much like this is a it's a fiction book which is really interesting it's fable based right and um it it weaves in these personal decisions that one needs to make to become an entrepreneur right both of us we definitely found this out in the hot seats for sure that like so much of entrepreneurship is mindset and making these you know little decisions every single day so this is such an easy to read book right because it it brings a little bit of history in so each decision actually has a specific historical uh character like abraham lincoln Anne frank king solomon harry truman christopher columbus it's such a cool book and they're you know it's very similar to um you know the ghosts of christmas past is kind of what i think about it so he kind of goes in the past and like you know he needs to make these decisions and they help him work through some of those decisions. So I actually wrote them down, which I, I hope it's okay. I kind of run through these real quick. Yeah, I, do it. Yeah. Um, so the, there's uh, seven of them. The first one is the buck stops here, right? And so like, that's kind of that first decision you say like, all right, I'm done being an employee. I'm gonna go start my business. I'm gonna go start my side hustle. Um, that's number one. The second one, and this is kind of what we're focused on today is I will seek wisdom, right? Like you know, um, going out and learning from other people, reading books, like that needs to happen if you want to commit to the journey of own your own business, self-development, entrepreneurship. The, the third one is I am a person of action. Man, that's a big one, right? Like we know that yeah. the people mentors in our group kill it. The people who have a little more difficulty uh, um, creating action, they can still, you know, improve, but definitely not at the speed right that that the ones who implement quickly like we both implement maybe a little bit too quickly but like fail often and learn and just like are able to just move forward uh at, at what people think is a looks like a breakneck pace like probably not fast enough for each of us um so the other one is i have a decided heart so um this is just saying that like i'm going to make these decisions to move forward and i'm going to make them the decisions quickly right you're not going to kind of linger on these things you're going to decide and you're going to move forward um today i will choose to be happy i think this is kind of again more of a corny one but like also a very very important one right like we can all uh go down a downward spiral i've been there too where uh negative things happen to you 
and you feel down and it's going to be very difficult for you to be an entrepreneur if you don't have the energy that kind of comes from true happiness and, and fulfillment. And sometimes that's just a decision that you make when you yeah. wake up in the morning, right? Um, two more. Um, I will greet this day with a forgiving spirit. So uh, another really, really good one, right? So like not only forgiving others, right? Because sometimes people do bad shit to you, right? And you have to forgive them and move on. Also being more forgiving of, of yourself. Like, crap, I did not do this. I take ownership of this. I'm going to forgive myself. Uh, move on. And and the last one's my uh, favorite. It's uh, I will persist without exception. Like, we just have to be persistent, persistent, wow, and super stubborn to just continue to do something even though it may not succeed right or, yeah. or be the right path like i need to be persistent as hell those are great i mean those are uh those are awesome i, I need to i need to read that book I, I i do really enjoy the um the books that are more sort of fable based you know kind of ones like uh it's, it's not just like you know some of those books are just like here's lesson one here's lesson yeah. here's jocko's book was good because he weaved those military stories exactly lessons yeah and it, it helps you remember too right like you know, like the, the alchemist is a book that I, I love. That's, it's kind of all about that. It's like, um, it, it's a, it's a story, but it's all about, you know, dealing with negativity and keeping moving forward. And these things that look like failures turn into positives. The, the richest man in Babylon is one that I've, uh, I've read, uh, and read to our kids is, that's like that. Um, I just like re-listened to, or I, I read years ago, uh, the old man in the sea. And, uh, I, I listened to it on the way back from Augusta with Jack. And it's about two hours on an audiobook. It's perfect for the, uh, the, the drive from Augusta to Atlanta. And uh, what a great book, right? Like about this, you know, old man fighting a fish for three days and he finally catches it. And on the way back, all the sharks eat it. And, you know, it's just about this, you know, perseverance and what really matters. And like, it's such a good book. And uh, I like listening to those with our kids. Like I listened to the, the Alchemist and the Bridges Man of Babylon with Jack. And I'll stop it and I'll just be like, Hey, so what do you think about this? Like, what is, you know, what do you think that means? Right. And, and so I don't know how much of the concepts they grasp, but uh, it's definitely, you know, it's fun to have those verses. Like you're saying, like just these tactical things of like, here's step one, here's step two, right. It's like, kids aren't going to get that, but, but they'll remember stories. Right. And they'll remember underlying kind of elements of it. So I love that. That's, that sounds, uh, that sounds awesome. So you give that to people that are just starting out a lot, huh? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's just, I, you know, a lot of people like think self-help books, like I even was guilty of this way back when, were just kind of like corny and they didn't really do anything. So like, this is a really, really good first step for someone who's kind of going down that path and they can kind of realize, because I think a lot of people just don't realize, like you can read a book and it can be transformative. And you also don't need to read it like a textbook, which is kind of what I thought after PT school. It's not like, I need to dissect this and remember every single right. nerve, bone, insertion point. Like if I can get one underlying theme from this, and it can help me in my life, that's a huge win, right? And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's, yeah, such a good one. You know, but you bring up a good point about self-help books because, like, I felt the same way. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to read that shit, you know? Like, I don't want to, I don't need help. You know, I feel fine. And, uh, you know, there's this, you have this sort of, like, I don't know, fabricated idea of, like, weakness associated with, you know, you know help, getting help on something. And, and uh, uh, I mean, like, now, I don't go to bookstores very often, but every time that I do, I ser I'm like literally stuck in the like, you know, personal development, self-help section. Just, I'm just like looking at all these different books and I get so excited of like all the knowledge that's there. This is what drives me crazy. Is just like, if, if you are not willing to read a book or listen to an audio book of, of like, you know, these messages that can be so transformative in so many ways. And, and sometimes like a book, hit you at the right time. I've had these uh, a couple times, like the, uh, the war of art, which I would have probably put in here, but I give it again, I give these away all the time. I don't actually have a physical copy here at the house with me, but like Stephen Pressfield's the war of art. I read that while I was traveling to Australia, uh, to teach for mobility watt. And at the time, we didn't really have a structured uh, onboarding for, uh, for staff, uh, bringing other instructors on. I read that the whole book is about procrastination and not procrastinating and, and fighting resistance and, and getting a lot done. And on the flight home, I wrote the entire curriculum for bringing staff members on and how to train them. And it, and it was like a 
16 hours on a plane or wherever it was, but I was so motivated by this book that I got all this shit done. And it was like perfect timing uh, for a book that, uh, you know, took me a couple hours to read. So I, I think that's the benefit of it. And sometimes I read books that I'm like, this sucks and I don't finish it. Or I read like, I read a lot of like half of half of a book. I know you're, I've got to finish it even if it's, uh, it's not that great. <laughs> I'm quick to move on to the other ones. I have a lot of, I have a lot of books, but if I've read half of them, it's probably all I can count. Um, but some of them are just like perfect timing. I'm sure you've had that as well, where it's like, man, this is crazy. I needed to hear this. And I didn't even know it was going to be in these pages, you know, or like something you're going through and, and it's, and it's so cost effective too. Like, you know, it doesn't cost anything. You go to a library if you don't have any money and just start reading, start improving yourself, start exposing yourself to other people that, um, you know, had, had really unique thoughts and put that stuff down on, on paper. So, um, I'll, I'll move on to my third one. Uh, this is one, this one is actually really tactical. The other two were not, but I want to make sure I have one that's really tactical in here. So this is, it's expert secrets. It's by Russell Brunson. And, uh, um, what I, what's interesting about, uh, Russell is, uh, Russell's probably one of the first, uh, marketers that I really started to, um, pay attention to. And, uh, uh, Eve and I actually, uh, what year was it that we went to the ClickFunnels um, conference in Orlando? Like 2017? I feel like 17. Yeah. I mean, 17 or 18. Yeah. So I'd, I'd been following his stuff for, for a while. And so I was like, man, I got to go to one of these conferences, see what this is all about. And uh, so I text Eve and he was down to go, go with me down to, uh, it was, in, it was at Disney um, and this huge conference uh, center down there. And there was what, like 5,000 people or something like that. Um, 5,000 marketers, which is a weird experience to kind of see. And uh, I ended up doing business uh, development work and coaching with their, their group for a while after that as well. And really dove down in the rabbit hole of um, Russell Brunson's sort of methodology from a marketing standpoint. And the reason there's actually multiple books that he, he wrote. Um, but I, I picked this one out today in particular because it's all about messaging uh, and uh, building a, a an audience uh, and 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 really like creating change in some way. Um, most people that apply what he talks about, they do it in a digital sense. Um, there's another book he wrote called Dot Com Secrets, which is intent. It's, it's straight tactical. It's like a page should look like this, whatever. But <clears throat> I think Expert Secrets is the best book that he's written because it talks about the approach of how to create a mass movement. And if you want to be able to do something in person in a local service business online, um, if you want to affect change in people with your community, a lot of that is about the principles of how you motivate people and how you can structure that. And what he does really well is, um, and, and we talk about frameworks a lot because it just gives context to content, which I think a lot of people, they just spit out a lot of content, but they don't actually have any synthesized way of creating of that, that change. And they have these little doodles in here, these little drawings that are just like visually so helpful of, you know, what you're doing with the words that they're talking about uh, on here as well. So, you know, anybody that's looking to improve their, their marketing, anybody that's looking to become more influential in terms of um, speaking and presenting and, and how you're actually uh, uh, like putting your ideas out and, and getting traction on those this is a really, really uh, good book for that. And most people that we work with in our mastermind have been able to use concepts of this in some way locally or online. Cause if you're online and you're trying to do that, it's just the same thing. It's just, you use somewhat different platforms, somewhat different uh, kind of transition of where people are moving to. But uh, he, he's one of my favorite marketers for sure. I don't know if that's like, you know, if there's a lot of people's favorite marketers, I think he's one of the ones that just does a really good job of simplifying things. He's relatable. The book is really well written and there's a ton of pictures in it, which is helpful for a simple mind like myself. Um, so I highly recommend that. I know this is a book that you've, you've dove into as well. So I'd love to hear what you think about it. Yeah. I mean, again, another for me too, I could have easily picked that one. It was another transformative book because you see and you hear about marketing, right? And uh, people are like, what does that mean? How do I market? What do I say? Like an expert secrets Again, you said it just now, it simplified it. It just said like, you know, here's what you need to say. Here's the framework behind that. And here's the easy, easy explanation. I always need to know why. Here's the easy explanation as to why. And I was like, dang, right? And just like, yeah. we didn't just follow that framework. And by the end of it, I would have like six to 10 sentences of like, 
you know, what I thought was, was really good messaging that I could put on a web page. I could talk about it with my patients. I could tell my employees about whatever, right? It was just so good, so good at simplifying it and creating something tangible as well, which is kind of like really difficult to like give you both kind of in one. And, and all of his books, like I've got a couple that I still haven't read. He's now prolifically putting out books, right? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that one was like a really good kind of first cornerstone one. And if you remember, like, uh, you know, it's ironic we're doing this on the Facebook group that we literally started. Yeah. We were at that. We're like, why are we doing a Facebook? Oh, let's go do this. And just easily, just, you know, easily, but like, you know, yeah, I mean, honestly, easily just created a Facebook group and started like, you know, and now over 3000 people three years later is pretty impressive. And, and that was the coolest part was the, was the community aspect, right? Like, how do you create change and create a community around creating that change? And, and yeah. you know, it's so cool that we can do that um, from a profession standpoint. It's definitely still my, my why as to why I'm um, so passionate about this stuff. And the cool part is each office that we like that a physical therapist or health professional creates is literally the same thing. You're literally creating this community of change within the locus of your community, right? It's like, I have this idea of how healthcare should be. I have this idea of like what fitness or wellness or whatever, you know, uh, you're uh, going after. And, and now you have this, again, a community that creates this influential change and it can just spread like wildfire. And that's so cool to see, not only from our level, but also to see within our own practices, right? Like how many people, you said it the other day, I forgot what the numbers were, but the amount of people that we can affect and change um, from the very uh, unique platform that we've been we've been given, you know, and, and earned uh, is just so is is so cool. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I was as you were saying that I was saying the exact same thing because, you know, at this point we have about a hundred people that uh, we we currently work with and work with uh, within our mastermind. And uh, you know, if you, if you just do some simple numbers on that, right? So if if there's a hundred businesses. Um, that they, many of them now employ other people. So there's scale and impact there. And of those hundred, if they can have 20 new patients that come in a month and grow, some are, some of them are above that, some of them are below that. Um, but if they can average that right over the course of a year, that's 240 patients that that one practice is going to see on average, that's times a hundred, that's 24,000 people across the U S that are going to see a cash-based provider that is going to work with them to solve their problems long-term, you know, to teach them and educate them on how to take care of their body and to help them avoid things like surgeries that we know that many people get that they don't need or imaging that's expensive or, you know, needless uh, fear and anxiety associated with them not being able to do something or physically be able to help out around their house with their spouse and many other things like 24,000 people. If we saw 24,000 people in a room, you know, the room would have to be first of all massive for that number of people to be in there. But the impact and this, the scale of that uh, is, tr is tremendous. And, and the, the reality is we're just getting started. Like we, there's so many people that are realizing this in our profession that they don't have to feel obligated to take these terrible insurance contracts that force you to see people in a way that burns you out and does not do anything positive for, for the patient. Um, and, and most of our peers they don't want to see people that way. Like they don't, they, they only are doing it because they're, they don't have a choice and they also don't know how to do something on their own to where they can start to see people on their own terms. Not, not even let alone the, um, the, the financial change associated with that with, you know, having a successful business of your own. I'm not, I don't even get into that. Just the, just the fact that you get to work with people and use your skill set in a way that allows you to really get a profound change for somebody to build a relationship and to help them, understand how to take care of themselves for life. What's the fucking compounding effect of that on them and their family members and the generational family health that, that can occur because of positive examples of people they're seeing in their life, they're taking care of themselves. Like it's, it's astounding if we really, really look at that, right? And it, it really, and I'm not, I'm not the first person to talk about this. You're not the first person to talk about this. But when we decided, man, we're going to take a crack at this and we're going to see if we can really help our profession scale and, and understand these concepts that took us so long and we're still learning many. Uh, it's not like we know everything by, by any, by any uh, stretch of the imagination. We have a ton to learn, but like that is massive. That's a huge change and it's happening in the profession 
right now. And it's going to continue to happen more and more um, over the next few years. So yeah, like the idea of expert secrets and building a, a, a movement, like we're exa an example of what can be done with that. People that have their own practices are an example of that on a local level, you know, and, and uh, it doesn't really matter what you decide you want to do. Pick something that you're passionate about, pick something that you want to, you know, stand for and get people to buy in on that and follow you and be a leader in that community because people seek that out. There's so many people that they need direction. They don't know what to do. And like, you can do that. You can be that. You just have to understand what it is that you want to do and understand frameworks of how you can get people to, you know, follow along. And, and this could be used in a negative way. He brings up Hitler in the book, right. And how he created a mass movement around uh, some very, very bad things, you know, but the, the frameworks and the approach, uh, you can learn from that as well as how somebody, how did somebody manipulate these people into committing mass genocide on, a, on, on, a Jew, you know, the Jews and a population. It's like, how do you do that? It's not something that most people decide that they want to do. It's insane that somebody was able to do that, but he was able to manipulate people via, uh, you know, being very persuasive and, and influential. Um, so you can be used for positive and negative, but the, the frameworks for it are all in the book. And it's, it's a really, really good read. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. I mean, our profession, I, I, I say this all the time and I'll keep saying it, it's just so uniquely positioned to solve so many of the systemic issues that are going on, period. Totally. Like being able to move more and move freely, I think is just the cornerstone of like kind of a lot of other things when it comes to financial health, emotional health, mental health. Um, it's just, it's just huge. And, and everybody I know that's a PT is really passionate about that, you know, really wants to make a big difference. So it's just like, we're just, the, it's like such good timing. Uh, for our profession as well with direct access and everything else. So it's like the time is now people, right? Like you can have such a big impact, you know, even with a small performance-based cash practice in a CrossFit gym, like you can affect a lot of people because of the kind of compounding effect that you were, you were talking about. Well, we see this a lot too, even on social media or with people with their practices, you know, <clears throat> they're like, man, I only, I only average 10 new patients a month, right? They'll, they'll get down themselves. And we're like, dude, you helped 120 people like this year. Like, if all of those people showed up at your office, they wouldn't even fit in there. Like that's a lot of people. And you don't even know what that means in terms of how they were able to leverage that uh, to other people that they know, you know? So I think it's just perspective, right? We hear that people are like, I only have like 500 people that follow me on Instagram. It's like 500 people is a lot of people. Dude, I couldn't fit 500 people in my house, uh, even close, right? Like, like that. If, if you saw those people at one place, it's a lot. So I think it's perspective. It's it's understanding, also that you don't need to have millions of people follow you to create massive change. Like it's really, really long term change that's incredibly personally rewarding. You need perspective on the fact that like it's not going to happen overnight. And it's, and maybe it is never going to be a massive, massive number of people based on also whose standard is that and what does massive mean? Like it's different to everybody, but like, if you're working with the people you really are passionate about helping, that is, you cannot fake that. And it's easy to see if people are doing this for the purpose of like making money or they're just trying to grow a following versus people that are actually deeply invested in the people that they want to help. And like, that is what we need more of. And I think that's what a lot of people in our profession do because we're, we're a profession of a lot of really nice people that just want to help people. And what we're really bad at is sales and marketing primarily more than anything else. But if no one knows who you are or what your message is, and you don't know how to communicate, how you can help them, how do you expect to actually help them with the skill set that you have? Clinical is not enough. You have to understand these other things if you truly want to help as many people as you can, which is what we all should aspire to do because we have this amazing skill set and we should use it to its advantage and its fullest. And that's where we really have to apply some of these things that we're able to learn from these books that we have or the, the lessons that we teach and things that we're sharing with everybody. Use your powers for good, people. <laughs> nice. All right, last one. What do you got? All right. This is my definitely more of a newer one that I've just got into recently. We can thank uh, Jared, you know, Jared. Our amazing business partner for this one. Um, you know, it's uh, something that he kind of got us to read and it's been another one, you know, I keep saying that and I feel again, like I'm repeating myself, but it was definitely transformative. Right. And so um, I, 
maybe read this six months ago, maybe ish, right? And there's there's a lot going on in my life, right? Like, you know, we talked about last time between made to move, multiple employees, PT biz, kind of managing uh, a lot of um, the people we work with and coaching them one-on-one, right? You've got the, the product, you've also got the online business and it's just like, there's so much going on. How do I consolidate all this, yeah. right? Oh, scale, like, what do I... What do I do? What do I focus on mainly? And this book really, really helped me um, decide what I needed to focus on and how to keep that focus. And I still struggle with it by far. But, you know, it really just gets you uh, the, the gist I got. It really gets you to say um, one specific question on a regular basis that's really, really helpful. You know, and what's, that's the one thing that I can do right now that will make everything else easier or completely unnecessary. I may have butchered that a little bit, but that's the gist of it. Right. Um, and I was like, wow, like, that's right. Like I should look at all these things I could do. What's the one thing that's going to make the biggest difference. And if I keep doing that one thing and make that decision in every decision I make, whether it's honestly personal life too, like what's one thing I can do with my kids today that'll have the biggest impact. What's the one thing I can do for my wife today? The biggest impact. What, what's one thing I can do in my training today? Like it's again, another different way of looking at life. And it was, uh, it was definitely transformative. And, and the other thing that it, it really helped with was like goal setting. And really another thing I dragged my feet on, right. It's like, Oh, do I really need to set goals? Like this is going to be like a long, uh, process. And like, what good does it do? Like, why should I do that? And I was like, well, how are you going to focus on the one thing if you don't know what the one thing is? And the only way you can know the one, what the one thing is, is if you create goals. What's my five-year, three-year, one-year goal? What I want to focus on this quarter? What I want to focus on this month? You know, and doing that both in my business and personally. And I was just like, wow. Like, you know, again, we get to the point where we want to have as much impact as possible. I want to have as much impact as little time as I have on planet earth as possible. So this was really, really good and, and really honing that in. Yeah. I, I've read that book and I think it's great. I mean, Gary Keller is uh, incredibly successful, but does a really good job of um, you know, explaining the idea of the one thing I, I heard a strength coach. Um, I forget his name, Julian something or another describe this con. What's that? Julian Pinot, the yes. Yes. That's awesome. Julian Pinot described uh, his approach to um, solving movement problems as this idea of uh, a log jam. So, you know, he brought up this sort of uh, uh, reference of like when there's a, you know, there's a log jam, you know, they don't basically just try to get all the logs moving at once. They look for the one log that is, you know, the linchpin log basically that's jamming everything up get it moving and then everything will start flowing again. Right. And, uh, I always thought that was like a really good reference. And, and, uh, I clinically, I try to do the same thing. It's like, all right, well, you got all these things going on. What's the one thing that's going to affect everything else in a positive way. We start there, you know, so we can be efficient with your time and start to make, you know, gain a lot of traction. And in our business, we, we do, we talk about this all the time. I mean, how, how many meetings have we had in the last, you know, a couple, a uh, couple weeks to really just decide, the one variable that we know we need to track and we know we need to improve that's going to improve everything else. And the clarity associated with that is very hard, I think, to come to the conclusion of. Um, it takes some effort. It takes some, some planning. It takes some uh, uh, perspective as well, like stepping back and, and uh, looking at things from, from like a higher level um, versus just kind of being in it and doing the work. And, but once you know what that is, just imagine the decreased amount of stress on you and your business if you knew that there was one thing that you really had to put a lot of effort towards that would dramatically change all these other things in your business. What, what if it was personal, right? What if it's one thing, one uh, personal flaw that is a, causing all this other, you know, all these other issues and friction with people in your life, that if you could just work on this one area, that it would improve all these other things. Like there's a lot of power associated with that. There's a lot of, uh, um, uh, just, it, it's, 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 it helps with stress so much when you're just like, Oh, okay, this is it. And then, and then you're clear and then you implement and you take action on that. So yeah, that book was great. I, I, there's so many people I've actually seen that I have a lot of respect for that reference that book as their favorite book. Uh, so I'm glad that you, uh, you brought it up. It's one that, um, I've, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, reading. I feel like I need to reread. I haven't read that book in probably two or three years, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a great one. I'm sure Jared would agree because Jared uh, worked with Gary as a business coach for 
a year. And uh, a lot of the planning that we talk about, a lot of the things that we do on that side are directly adapted from this idea of how to utilize the one thing uh, effectively. So great books, man. Good picks. Yeah. Yeah. Same to you, man. That was, that was fun. We could probably do uh, a ton of these, right? Like remember we compiled that list. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, there's so many. So yeah. good picks. Like I think good cornerstone, you know, this is where a good place to start. I think what we need to do is put together a list of our top 50, like, you know, Maybe less. That seems a bit like challenging. Maybe top 20. Uh, we'll, we'll just do top 20, what we got out of it, what you can get from it. Um, actually, I'd be interested if, if, uh, if you're in the Facebook group watching this and that's something that, you know, you think you would uh, get some benefit out of for us to curate kind of our top 20, summarize what we've gotten out of it a little bit um, and then uh, where you can get it. Um, let us know in the comments, just say like, yeah, man, I want that book list, uh, or just type in book list. And then it'll give us an idea if it's something that, you know, we can put together and spend some time on for everybody. I do think that would be helpful. We get so many questions about what should I be reading? You know, what audio books I listen to? And, um, man, I've gone through some duds, dude. I've gone through some like just terrible, uh, books that I'm like, I just wasted some money and time on this, but every once in a while, you know, I mean, that's rare. Most of them are, are like, you know, very, very uh, worth it. But um, I do think that there's, there's probably 20 that, I mean, if you read 20 books, I can change your life, period. I mean, it sounds weird to say that, but if you read and really apply the lessons in 20, that's a lot of information, 20 books over the course of the next couple of years, like, man, that could just, you could be a whole different person in a, in a really positive way, you know, at the, at the end of that. So um, yeah, this was great. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this, our little summary of these books. We're going to try to do some more of these and, and, you know, share some, share some ideas. Um, but other than that, you know, thanks so much for listening. If you're listening on the podcast, as always, uh, we appreciate it. If you like this episode, take a shot of it uh, on, uh, on Instagram, share it in your story, share it with me, share it with Eve. Um, we'll repost it, you know, and, uh, and, and share it with our folks as well. We love seeing that. It's a great way to share it. Um, you know, and if you really like this podcast and you haven't subscribed yet, go do so, uh, as well as, uh, you know, if you, if you, uh, want to leave us a, re- a review, we'd love that. We're almost at 200, which is, uh, closing in on a lot, uh, for, especially for a pretty small niche podcast within the PT community. So, uh, if you got a review and you got some, you know, nice, you want to you know, leave us or share or a question you want us to answer in there, go ahead and leave it in there and we can do that as well. But guys, as always, thanks so much for listening and we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, we are closing in on 200 views on iTunes. That's crazy. Most podcasts hardly get to 100 views, let alone 200. And this is such a niche-specific PT business podcast. That's wild. So let's try to rally the troops and get to 200 reviews for this podcast. The first thing you need to do is you got to subscribe to this sucker, whether it's on iTunes or any other platform that you're listening to on, so you know when new episodes are coming out. The next thing, make sure that you leave a review. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them. It means a lot to me. Next thing, guys, take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me in it. That's at Danny Matei PT. If you do this, I will repost it. So you'll get a bump. I'll get a bump. We'll share this information with a lot more people because that's the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of a lot more people. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, tag me in it, and I will repost it. So here we go. Let's try to get to 200 reviews for the podcast. Thanks for listening.